It's time for my favorite hour of my favorite day. Four Eastern, three Central here on ESPN-UP. A Friday afternoon, we get to close a work week in a way that I love to do so. Coming at you from our ESPN-UP studios. Tanner Hoops with you. Ryan Stig of the Mining Journal here as well. What's up, Ryan? Not much. Uh, glad it's Friday. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a nice day outside yeah. after snow. Snow a couple days ago. Yeah. I didn't bring a coat to the office today. It's, you know, it's not warm, but it's it's temperate. It's yeah. nice. It's it's like, it's not quite spring weather, but it means like it's moving in the right direction. So yeah. So it's, it's, it's comfortable. I mean, I had to wear a coat on Wednesday, which I thought I was going to put that away for the season. Right. And I was going to put away my snow brush <laughs> for the year. And I never thought, this is probably the first time that May 1st, I had to brush snow off my car. Mm. I mean, I've had to do it in April, mm-hmm. but never in May. So this is a first. I tell you what, first for me too. I've never, uh, never had to. Well, there was one. Uh, okay, there was a snowstorm way back uh, a few years ago when I was in high school. I don't remember that. That might have snuck into May. I'll double check that. <laughs> yeah, that's still in question though. We have a lot to get to today. The NHL, NBA playoffs in full swing. By the way. We will have coverage of the Bucks celtics Game 3 from Boston on here tonight. Coverage starts on ESPN Radio at 7.30, tip-off set for 8, also available on ESPN TV. But we will have the ESPN Radio broadcast here on ESPN-UP. We've got all that to talk about. Uh, Jim's back. Our production engineer is back after spending five days in Germany. He brought me some chocolate. Hey. German chocolate. The land of chocolate. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> I've been to the Netherlands, and I love their chocolate. I tell you what, they've got chocolate's chocolate. always the better chocolate. They do a good job over there with it. Well, I think there's not... They're allowed to put more sugar into it, and there's... A is lot, that right? Uh, I think, well, they say, like, British chocolate is sweeter than American chocolate, <laughs> so you get, like, the full sensation of chocolate, <laughs> rather than, you know, kind of... I don't know. America kind of lowers its chocolate standards, I feel like, when they manufacture it. So I guess if you really want good chocolate, you need to get overseas chocolate. Yeah, don't tell that to the guys in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They're pretty proud of their chocolate over there. Yes, they are, and the Nestle Corporation, too. So, Well, I tell you what, before we get into sports, it was some sad news yesterday. Uh, the man who did the uh, voice... The not voice, but what am I? What's the word I'm looking for? The sounds of Chewbacca from Star Wars passed away. Basically, yesterday. Uh, the guy in the costume and made all the Wookiee sounds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call it, but you know, not a voice actor. Uh, he passed away yesterday or earlier this week, I should say. It was announced yesterday at the age of 74. He uh, he was someone who's different for his time, <laughs> like. In the sense that he was extremely tall. I I don't know. Was he seven foot? Do you know? He was well, up there. Close. But he had a genetic disorder that I'm seeing it both ways. That he did have it. He didn't have it. The same uh, connective tissue disorder that I have. And I've never seen Star Wars. I have no clue what it's about. I don't even know what Chewbacca is. I, I don't even know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's just one of my all-time favorites in movies I've never seen. So on what? the day, <laughs> your all-time favorite movie you've never seen. No, he's <laughs> yeah, he's my all-time favorite character in a movie I've never seen. Okay, if that that's, that's you can have one of those. Okay. Um. So the Dan Levitard show today, they were emptying out their Chewbacca file, everything that was Chewbacca related, and they had nine things. Surprise, surprise, uh, they had nine things in their Chewbacca file. 
I'm going to play something for you because this one was my favorite of them all. Have you ever heard Chewbacca singing Silent Night? I have not, but I'm sure it's entertaining. Good guy. Peter Mayhew. He will be, he'll be missed. Rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. Tell you what, we have got the NBA to break down, the NHL as well. Let's get to it. Last night, I don't think anyone saw this coming. A 21-point demolishing of the Toronto Raptors in Philadelphia as the Sixers win 116-95 to to take a 2-1 series lead. To, I really thought Toronto was going to win this series, and maybe they still will, but Philadelphia never trailed. And they outscored Toronto 27-14 in the fourth quarter as they cruised to victory. Yeah, it uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I I still think Toronto's going to take the series because I just I get the vibe for them. But you, <clears throat> Philly, for some reason, has got their act together. It's kind of like what the Bruins did last night, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about shortly. But they'll, I don't know, they impressed me. UL Embiid, he had a great night. You know, it's just... They routed them. They did. I mean, it's not like they snuck by them. The Raptors just were demolished, and uh, that was a bit of a surprise. But I don't think they're also going to go away because they're too good of a team right. to just fall flat from this point on. I had some good calls, as they turned out yesterday, and then some not great calls. But the one that I'm pretty proud of, I said it was first to 100. That's probably the way the series is going to go, and Toronto's not going to do that. 7 for 27 from behind the arc as they were last night. Philly also made the extra pass, uh, pass nearly doubled up Toronto in assists. They had a 29-15 edge. You share the sugar and good things happen. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're 7 of 27 <laughs> from beyond the arc. I mean, and that's, I think people don't know just how much three points can really affect you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're cold, it's like you're kind of doomed unless you somehow get your inside play right. post play going or our dynamite at the free throw line. I mean, you're just, you're going to be behind and you're going to have to fight back and uh, you're not going to win if uh, you're that cold from beyond the arc, especially but, in today's NBA. Exactly. And uh, of course, Nowadays, to be an effective center, you got to be able to hit the three, mm-hmm. which I never thought would happen. <laughs> I thought, like, if you're seven feet, you could probably be like get by just being a good post player. But now you'd be able, you got to be able to shoot it from like twenty three feet away. And who would have thought that would lead to this day and age in basketball would breed a six foot ten point guard who cannot make a three to save his life? If you put a gun to his head and told him his life was on the line. Ben Simmons would be sweating bullets. I mean, but he found other ways to be effective. He's, you know, one of the greater players Australia has ever produced, and he found his niche to be effective last night by hitting Kyle Lowry in the land down under. 
So the guy from the land down under can't <laughs> hit it from way out there. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, they had some pretty high-profile guys at that game last night. And I like seeing all the other athletes in the city, the pro athletes, come out and support uh, their respective sports. I know they've got hockey fans all over. Last night, Carson Wentz of the Eagles, James Van Riemsdyk from the uh, from the Flyers, and Reese Hoskins from the Phillies were all in attendance. So you had all four major sports in Philadelphia represented. Of those three, maybe people recognize one. <laughs> I'm going to throw, uh, I just, you know, hockey players are hard to recognize unless you follow it right. diligently. And I think baseball players are a little bit in the same way. But uh, football and basketball players are pretty, uh, pretty obvious. Everyone knows Bryce Harper, but he's kind of a, person non grata right now in some parts of philadelphia yeah and uh didn't we talk about how if he doesn't start getting blazing hot out mm-hmm. the gate it's going to come back to bite him and uh, it kind of is he had a pretty good start but every year he has this mid-season slump it seems to be and you, it's just one of those things you can bank on and unlike dc philly fans aren't going to tolerate it especially not for what they're paying him <laughs> no no Tell you what, Bucks and Celtics this evening, a pivotal game three with the series tied one apiece. It's a tied series, but neither game's been very good. That's going to be a fun one to watch. That's going to be what's on my TV. Malcolm Brogdon is out. Marcus Smart is out. So probably the biggest role player for each of them. Uh, not going to be in the lineup tonight. Boston just flat out has to be efficient. They have to limit the turnovers because when they maximize every possession, they are really, really tough to beat. The interesting thing is that so many people after that game one loss were leaping off the Bucks bandwagon mm-hmm. and thinking it's over, and then Milwaukee bounces back in game two. And that's the thing in a seven-game series. You can rebound after a bad loss. You know, Maybe if you're down 3-0, you might not be able to get your act together. But, I mean, they're fine. I think it's... I think this has the capability to go the distance, and uh, it looks like it's going to be that way. I, um Boston has to play better, though. Yeah. You know, you're not going to blow out Milwaukee, you know, on a frequent basis. Right. So it's going to be a pretty – do you think game three is as crucial as some people make it out to be? I don't think it's as crucial uh, – made out to be crucial enough. Mm-hmm. It's really, really pivotal. Okay. Especially this one. Yeah, because, you know, there seems like both sides of it. Some people are saying, you know, can go with the logical, every game's pivotal. But and then some people are saying, well, game three is really pivotal. I I'm, I can see it both ways because it is true. Each game is important. I also think game one is the least important mm-hmm. because okay, you drop the opener, but you have like <laughs> six other games to you know figure it out. So, I I think three is important, but it's I'm also at the thing where I think every game is important. I tell you what, if I had the choice, I would start on the road. I would choose to be on the road for games one and two because I feel more confident your ability to split and then you've got home court advantage. I I would, if I had the choice, that's what I would do. Would you rather for a series have it go two, two, one, 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 or would you rather do two, three, two? They've done both. They've done both. And it's so weird. It's hard to, it's hard to, because you know, uh, the home court advantage and what the team is, I I don't know. Maybe it's such a pivotal game tonight for me because Boston has swung home court advantage and then they can give that up tonight with a loss. Uh, they can give it up with a loss on Sunday as well, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we're going to carry that game on ESPN-UP as well. Um, these two are 
you know, I think they mean more for Boston, these two games. Uh, Milwaukee can split, and they're going to be right back where they started. You know, arguably, they'll be in the driver's seat. Boston could take a stranglehold if they're able to uh, hold serve and take yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. so I'm more of the – I feel like it should be 2-3-2 two, two, because it just – it looks weird mm-hmm. when you're going five and then the other one at six and seven. It just kind of gets wacky and jumbled, and I'm not a fan of that. So Plus – it's like if you really think you need to move on the series, you should be able to win two games in the road mm-hmm. if it gets down to crunch time. So, and whoever's scheduling these, like giving Houston to Golden State five days off, but like yeah, I don't know two under- days yeah, for it's, Denver it's and Portland. Weird, because the NHL alternates days. You have two games one day, and then the next day, and then sometimes if one ends early, you know, there's only one game a day. Mm-hmm. But then the NBA goes like these long stretches where a team in the playoffs doesn't play for three days. Mm-hmm. I mean. Golden State, Houston, they play tomorrow, but when you know the last game was what three days ago. It's like they had to walk to Houston. It, you know, got to give them that time off. You know, it's like that two weeks for the Super Bowl. You know, it's <laughs> like you got to prepare. You know, there might be some fatigue going in there. It's it's dumb. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, we break down NHL action from last night. We preview a pivotal game four this evening. I should say important if you're an islanders fan maybe not pivotal but certainly one of importance next in the sports pen on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app welcome back to the sports pen on espn up tanner hoops ryan stieg with you glad that you're with us on this friday afternoon looking at the nhl and the results from last night's contest a pair of them that i didn't see turning out the way they did. Uh, The Bruins, even their series with a 4-1 win over Columbus. That series now tied 2-2. And the Avalanche shut out the Sharks 3-0. They also even their series at two games apiece. It was the first ever game for the Columbus Blue Jackets in the calendar month of May. And they had a record crowd at Nationwide Arena. Over 19,000 made it. But Blue Jackets didn't show up. No. Uh, very little cannon firing in that <laughs> yeah. game. I, uh, I'm a little surprised that they kind of fell flat. Um, just I thought that there would be a little more spark. They had a chance to get Boston on the ropes, you know, go up three one, and they just they didn't show up, and it was just weird. Of course, Boston got their act together, yeah. you know, after looking really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished the job, and now it's now it's up in the air again. It can go either way. I this is another one that I think if Columbus had won last night, it it would have been over. I think in Game Five. Whereas now that it's two two, I think it's got the potential to go all the way. And Boston gets home ice advantage once again. Patrice Bergeron scored twice to lead the way. Tuka Rask had thirty nine saves. Sergei Bobrovsky had forty two in a losing effort. Go- both goalies were fantastic. Unfortunately, two of Boston's four goals came on the power play where Columbus was 0 for 4 in the man advantage. Yeah, that uh, that's not going to help. No. Just like shooting behind the arc, if you're struggling there, if you're giving them up on the PK, that's not going to work either. <laughs> and uh, I feel like Boston is now, with all the front runners and the division winners out of the picture, I think Boston's like turned into the villain mm-hmm. because all the other teams are teams that haven't either won it in a long time or ones that have never won it, and they're like the scrappy underdogs, so people are kind of pulling behind them, whereas Boston's like frequently in it, and it's like... <laughs> they're the, and plus, they got Brad Marchand, and mm-hmm. you know 
he's a jerk. He's easy to <laughs> yeah. Not he's like. easier to hate. So it's like Boston, kind of the villain thing. I kind of that's kind of what it's turned into. Do, do you think the NHL wants Carolina and Columbus in the Eastern Conference Finals? I think with Carolina's popularity right now, I mm-hmm. think that's what they really want. I think that people are embracing the bunch of jerks philosophy, and they got a lot of hypes around them. They're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they could eliminate the Islanders they in can. four games. They have they have this little you know mojo going right now, and I think there's the league's kind of getting behind it. It markets them really well, and. Uh, this can maybe not be great for ratings because the <laughs> markets are kind of small. Right. But it's, you know, maybe that'll help. Maybe people will turn in because they know about what's going on there. Well, speaking of goalies that were fantastic last night, Philip Grubauer with a 32 safe shutout to lead Colorado past San Jose 3 nothing. Nathan McKinnon has been on an absolute tear, and here's your stat of the day. McKinnon has an eight-game point streak, including last night. That's the longest by an avalanche player since 2002. Any idea who that would have been? That's a good question. Yeah. The trivia question. Yeah. Huh. Joe Sackick. Peter Forsberg. <laughs> ah. Sackett's a good guess, though. Um, yeah, Peter Forsberg. Two of the, That's two a of throwback. The yeah, yeah, way back there. Um, yeah, that was an interesting game, too. Uh, I did not expect a shutout. No. I, uh, the, the Sharks were kind of just off that game. And it, what do you feel about Martin right now? He's. Playing okay. He wasn't. <laughs> Remember, impressive. like the first round, like everybody was thinking, you know, they need to get rid of he him. Yeah, bad first round. Yeah, yeah. Now he's. I he's, was, he's he's par. Yeah, he's he's not overwhelming. <laughs> he's even, but yeah, he's, he's not. He, he's getting by. He's right. Like, he'll get you a win, but it ain't going to be a pretty win. So, uh, I don't know. This has the potential also to go to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. I don't know how I don't know who has the favor right now. I don't either. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, really so, it's so even and uh Colorado is kind of like if you'd asked me a couple months ago like I would say San Jose, San Jose would have the series in the bag, mm-hmm. but it's really not. It's uh it's very even and uh I don't know who to pick at this point. Uh Kale McCarr had another assist last night. He just Mastrat, won the Hobie. Yeah. Yep. He had another assist. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of defense being played by that defenseman or any on Colorado's roster. I tell you what, Philip Grubauer has played really well in this series, better than he gets credit for. His blue line hasn't helped him out. They haven't done him any favors. Uh, no. <laughs> you need to have a strong blue line, and they're not really doing it. Which is, But they've got enough to get the win. Right. So it's like, you know, I think when you look at victories, you kind of just gloss over a flaw that they have right now because you look at it and we're like well they tied the series but yeah that's something that needs to be fixed if they if they want to win this series or if they do definitely if they want to get past the west if matt murray played the way that grubauer is with a defense that hung him out to dry penguins might still be playing right now yes and that i'm sure <laughs> hurts you pretty much a little bit yeah but the islanders Turn into their series. They are facing elimination shortly. They uh, would get Carolina. And that's... I, I think the Canes are going to do it. I think they're going to complete the sweep. I... You know, I I think maybe the Islanders might get one. Mm-hmm. But I think Carolina is just clicking so well that they'll, you know, that they'll finish the job. I, I can also see them getting a sweep. And then I just... Carolina's got this thing going, and uh, I think whoever 
Do you think they're the favorite? I feel like in the East they are the favorite right now. I can't think of anyone else who would. You know, they're just playing so good right now. Yeah. I can't pick against them. Yeah, and you know sometimes when you got things rolling, even if you're not the most talented team, you know you're going to end up getting wins because of that. You got this. There's a good feeling there. Everybody's connecting well, and a lot of times that's the team that ends up coming out on top, even if they're not the most talented one. So I would say Carolina isn't the favorite in the West. That's more of a question. West is pretty wide open, but honestly right now, I think it could be the Dallas Stars. Really? As crazy as that is. The Floppers? The Floppers. (laughs) I think whoever wins that Stars-Blues series is going to make it out of the West. Okay. I can can see that, but uh, I just... I'm thinking whoever wins, it's going to come out of the East. Who is, who's going to yeah, win? Whoever wins the whole thing. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's it's a real toss-up. I mean, Dallas is playing pretty well, and then you got St. Louis, which is kind of doing this inconsistent thing, mm-hmm. and it looks like their goaltender is starting to get shaky after having a diamond first bit. round. So I don't know if something's in his head or what. And uh, Still better like, Jake it, Allen. Yeah, well, the, it's just – with Dallas, it's like I'm kind of rooting for them because, you know, I've kind of gotten over the whole North Stars leaving. Yeah. That, you know, that was a thorn in my side for the longest time. But I like their jerseys. I like their, you know, and then they started to flop. And that r- really bothers me. It's like the, and the one guy got hit three times and acted <laughs> like he got mugged in the street. <laughs> I mean, he just, like someone just you know, stabbed him or something mm-hmm. like that. It was so bad. And uh, and then, of course, Ben Bishop did the same thing. Yeah. So. The uh, young core that they're building out there is really something special between Rupa Hintz and uh, Miko Heiskanen. Drop your phone? Yeah, I did. That's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's going to be uh, the series to keep an eye on for me. Unfortunately, it's the late one, even though they're two Midwestern cities. Yeah. They have to put somebody in that late slot. So they're at 930 tonight. Uh, the first game is at 7. That's Carolina and New York. Tell you what, though, it is worth staying up. You know, tomorrow, Saturday, if you like physical hockey, yeah, you're going to find gonna it tonight. It. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, you got two good games that are coming out of mm-hmm. it. I, uh, there's no real dud series, I would say, where, I mean, even Carolina, even though they're in the driver's seat, they're, it's still a fun series because mm-hmm. you have Carolina and their wacky antics, and they got the fans behind them, and everybody seems to be really on their bandwagon. So there's a uh, there's unlike the NBA where you look at it and you're like, I'm not even going to watch this series because mm-hmm. it looks so bad. The NHL has a lot going for it right now. I tell you what, Jim Montgomery. I don't know that he's going to get Coach of the Year or even enough credit. But that line change that he made before last night's game, mixing up his top two lines, it was a risk. But those six combined for nine points last night. I, I like Montgomery. They hit a home run higher by snapping him up, and he's doing some good things there already. From the college ranks. Yeah. Came out of DU. I, uh, you know, And sometimes college coaches don't pan out. And I know it's a little bit of a risk because, and personally, I like it mm-hmm. because I'd rather have a team go a little out there, like when the Flyers hired Dave Haxtell from North Dakota, because you're not hiring the same people who have failed over and over again. That's like, if you list like the top five things that bother me in sports, that's definitely the top five. Because it's like, I don't know how you can be fired multiple times and yet keep getting coaching jobs and have teams be like, this is going to be different. This guy's going to get us a cup now, even though he's shown no ability that he's going to do that. 
Hitchcock, is he starting to come to mind? Because he's had a lot of success, but he can't get the job done. Not anymore. <laughs> no, his no. best days, I think, are behind oh, well him. behind him. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I would put him in that category. He was former the former coach of the Stars, and he was. Man, you think about some of those coaches yeah, that have yeah. gone through Ken Hitchcock, Lindy Ruff, and all the while they were putting their trust in Antti Niemi. Yeah. Which was weird because at one point he was actually a pretty decent goaltender. Yeah, but like he, that, he's not the guy who's going to win it all. For no, me. no, that was their biggest weakness was their goalie, <laughs> their goaltending. That was the worst part of their team every year. Unfortunate. I tell you what, though. Speaking of goalies, here's something that's developing. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but there are reports that Thomas Grice may be starting in net tonight for the Islanders. Instead of Robin, Robin Leonard, who's carried him through this entire postseason. That's going to hurt. You got nothing to lose if you're Barry Trotz. I mean, you're down 3-0. You might lose this game anyway with Leonard. Give Grice a try. I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. No, I, I just think he's gotten you to the second round. He's mm-hmm. been playing really well. It's not, And it's not his fault that they're losing to the, that they're losing to the Canes right now. It's just, I, I feel like this is almost like a panic mood. By Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. just like uh, we need to get some together, and uh, we'll switch goalies. Even though it doesn't, I mean, yeah, I guess you can somewhat make the case for it, but I just think it's really dumb. It's almost like he's—it's like he's giving up, and it's just like, well, if you give him some action, maybe like he'll stick around next year or something like. Yeah, that. losing Thomas Grice would be the worst thing to happen yeah, to that yeah. franchise. I don't think he's much of an upgrade over Leonard. I've never really thought very highly of Leonard, but he's played well in these posts, uh, these, the in these playoffs, and he is. I, I just haven't felt that was deserved. Really? I mean, I'm, he's up for the biz now, but I don't think he's that outstanding he, of a goalie. Going to win it, but no. uh, it just—it's a fun little story, though. He's kind of you know. Was that guy you you wondering if you were ever, he if he was ever going to figure it out? Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact, he was at Hockeyville. He was a Sabres goaltender. Mm-hmm. Pitched a shutout that game. So uh, yeah, you, you got a little of a glimpse <laughs> of what he was capable of. But uh, it, I'm, I'm glad he's you know playing well. I, I don't think he's you know Vezina caliber, but mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I just think it's a panic move. He's 0-7 lifetime against Carolina, but I still don't see how they're better with Thomas Grice. And that, no, I mean, no. they're not beating Carolina because their the, defensemen the, are not giving them two-on-one breaks like the Penguins did all series. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Carolina's getting straight out of the penalty box goals, uh-huh. <laughs> which you can't let that happen. No. I love it when they do because it's great, because mm-hmm. it's fun, because it's, you know, it's exciting, but it's like... How defensively lapsed are you? Do, you? You know a guy is going to be coming out of the box and you turn the puck over? It's a mess. Curtis McElhaney is going to start yeah. for the second straight. Not what a pe- great story. Yeah, not Mrazek. Not Peter Mrazek. Who is who, like the story of the Canes, and now it's... You talk now, about goalies that finally seem to have figured something out. Mrazek probably falls in that case. He's had a good yeah, year. Yeah. But Curtis McElhaney, he turns... 36 in about three weeks, became the oldest goalie to ever start a playoff game, and he's looked good, man. Old guys rule. Yeah, I just, it's it's funny because, you know, Mrazek was so inconsistent with the Red Wings, and now it looks like he finally figured it out, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he gets injured, and then they have to bring in Curtis in, and uh, Curtis from Colorado College was a dynamite goaltender when he was uh, playing for the Tigers. A while ago. A long time ago. <laughs> talking like early aughts. Um, but uh, he, I'm glad he got his shot, because 
You know, he's just been that guy who's just been in the backup role. And Journeyman. Yeah, he's just gone from team to team. He's been down to the AHL. He keeps getting called up, and it's just... It's a nice story. There's there's just some fun stories in the in the NHL playoffs, and I, I hope, I kind of hope Carolina moves on just because it's. I've been wanting him to be successful because I liked him so much in college. Curtis McElhaney, one of the oldest goaltenders, he is the oldest goaltender to play. Uh, I should say, start a postseason game. When's he ever going to get this shot again? So I'm glad he's taking advantage of it now. Exactly, he's late in his career. We owe you a timeout when we come back on the eve of the Kentucky Derby. What's your favorite racehorse name? Plus, there's a new best team in baseball. That's next in Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Here is your Sports Center update. The Phoenix Suns have hired 76ers assistant coach Monty Williams to be their next head coach. Golden Domer, good guy. Uh, the Lakers are six year old. 76, the 76ers. 76ers. Right, I missed it. I thought you said 76 year old for a uh, second. 76ers. Okay. Um, but yeah, Golden Domer. So yeah, I'm always, uh, always happy to see those guys succeed. The Lakers say that there is no deal in place yet, but they are closing in on hiring Ty Lu to be their next Ty Lu. We Ty talked Lue. to him at, we talked about him at length at one show. <laughs> He's back. Yep. He's never going away. The Cincinnati Reds have called up Nick Senzel, their top minor league prospect, and the fifth best prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. The 23-year-old Senzel will make his major league debut tonight against the Giants. He will bat second and play center field. So they found their heir apparent to Billy Hamilton, apparently. Yeah, and uh, thankfully he's getting a starting against a team that's not particularly mm-hmm. great. So Hopefully he can hit a little better than Billy Hamilton could. Yeah, boy, Billy Hamilton. Talk about a guy who didn't... Reach his full potential. Uh, no. The skill set that he has <laughs> yeah. with no bat. Yeah. Man. But you have to keep him in the lineup because of his deep. It was like Buxton in 2016. Yeah. Thankfully, he's found his Congrats. Path. You're fast. That's why you're sticking around. <laughs> A recent study conducted by FanJuicer.com polled 5,000 NFL fans all over the world, and they found that the Saints have the best home uniforms, according to the fans, and it wasn't close. What are your thoughts? How many Saints fans were voting in that? That's thing? A, <laughs> I, the Saints aren't the ones that I would have picked. No, they're they're say. the. I mean, they're not bad. No, they're not great. Either. They just don't stand out or yeah. do a lot. Uh, the Steelers were second, and could, the 49ers got third. I would say just because they're classic, people are familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They had dynasties. I think that's where, where it comes in. I would not have seen the Saints. Who was the worst? The worst were the Titans. Uh, they're not. Bad. No, yeah, I think there are probably some worse ones in the NFL. The Jets were on there; they were close to being well, the, the worst. Jets are a mess. Yes, they are, and theirs was just behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, all right, I will make my case for Tampa Bay. Okay, being, uh, but uh, the Jets That's being good or bad? Well, they they used to have really great jerseys. Now, yeah. they, now, now they're awful. But uh, <laughs> they the Jets had a decent. Color scheme back in the eighties and the nineties when they stuck with just the the regular green they mm-hmm. had the logo with the jet on top of it but then they decided well maybe if we go back to the Namath days somehow that'll get us a Super Bowl I mean they were you know okay they got to the AFC title game a few times but they never got it and now they're doing a whole scheme now and it, it doesn't make any sense but Tampa 
the jerseys now are bad, but back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, I loved the creamsicle uniforms. Mm-hmm. They should go back to that. They sell those. <laughs> they, I mean, they're more popular than their jerseys now. I don't understand why you change that. I mean, there's so many people. I know there's my dad's generation who, like, thinks they're the worst jerseys ever. I think they're fantastic. And... uh I wish they'd go back to this. I love uniforms from the 90s. The 90s seem to produce the best uniforms in sports, except maybe baseball. The other three sports I like. Yeah, the 90s had some great NBA jerseys, great... Uh, the old Pacers. The old Pacers. The old Raptors. Ones. Yeah, I, uh, with the big dinosaur Yeah, the bring those back. Yeah, I love the magic. those. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies are cool back when they were in Vancouver. Yep. And uh, I, the Pistons had that stretch where they wore the teal uniforms. Why change that? Yeah. Now, now you're boring. You know, the Pistons had some really cool uniforms. My generation loved those uniforms. Yes. And then they were like, oh, but we're not winning. Maybe if we go back, you know, that whole mantra. And, yeah, you won a title with it. But, like, I don't think that was the reason. <laughs> it's, it's exactly it. They think that the Pistons think if they switch up their uniforms, maybe put Motor City instead of Detroit, yeah. that Joe DeMars and <laughs> who's the who's – the, Bill Lambeer. That's what I was thinking of. He's another Notre Damer, so I had to think of him. Yeah, Yeah, Chuck Daly, like, you know, Dwayne Casey's fine. Yeah, the the glory days of the late 80s are going to come back. It's the same thing that the Jets are doing. They think that if they go to some 60s-looking uniform that Sam Darnold's going to turn into Joe Namath. Yeah. No. No. Sam Darnold, I tell you what, he... I just feel like it would be... This is going to sound weird, but I feel like it would be really easy to make a Lego Sam Darnold. Yeah. He kind of looks like, you, you remember the movie The Incredibles? Yeah. The bad guy in it? He looks like the Lego Syndrome from The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. The uh, the guy with the, uh, who was the kid? Yep. Who, uh, you know, got wanted his cape to get, yeah, got his cape caught in the plane. Yeah. yeah. How do you remember that, but you've never seen Star Wars? <laughs> I just never saw anything that did it for me. I don't know. I don't know. Just remember never got Sin- into Star you remember Wars. Syndrome? <laughs> never seen Star Wars. I haven't seen Incredibles two either, but that's one of those movies okay. that'd be acceptable for our yeah. generation to go to because yeah. you know we grew up with that. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I've seen Incredibles too. That's not bad. But <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, the Kentucky Derby runs tomorrow, one hundred forty fifth edition of it, and with that produces some fantastic horse names. We've seen some great racehorse names over the last few years. A few of my favorites, just in the past, Nyquist. I know you'd appreciate that one. Yes, that's a good one. War Admiral. I like Scat Daddy. That's and, a good one. Uh, Mind That Bird, the winner 10 years ago. Those are some of my favorites. This year, they don't have any that really jump out to me. I like Omaha Beach, but he got scratched. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good one. I liked, there's one in the 90s. It was called Sea Hero. No. I was wondering who Sea Hero actually, what they were getting there. You know, <laughs> if there was like an Aquaman thing they were kind of getting in there. But, uh, I uh, liked, um, there's some other ones in there. I mean, War Admiral's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, there was, um, Seabisco's kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know, because... Way back. Yeah, way, way back. Of course, War Admiral's way back there, too. <laughs> um, and then there's, uh, it's weird, like, the names that are a little out there are mm-hmm. the ones that tend to do well. Right. Yeah, so um, I liked, um, these aren't Kentucky Derby winners, but I point out in a column, I'm doing a column, my Sunday columns about the Kentucky Derby and like the majesty behind it. And uh, when I was growing up, there, Canterbury Downs is a horse race track. It's yep. not too far from my place in, uh, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. And uh, <laughs> my favorite horse there 
um, ended up winning the race that we I was at with my family, and uh, the horse's name was Cocoa Wheats and Toast, <laughs> and ended up winning the race. And I thought that was like the guy was obviously hungry when he named his horse, but uh, it was an effective horse. So that was probably one of my favorites. And have you seen the YouTube clip of uh, Hoof Arted? No. Yeah, there's a guy who named his clo- his horse Hoof Arted. Oh, I thought that was funny. Have you ever heard Paul Allen call horse races at Canterbury? No, I have not. I haven't either, but I hear he's fantastic. Yeah. You either got to love Paul or you hate Paul. It, One of the two. Is, yeah, you either... I can handle him in small doses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think Coco Crisp's parents were hungry when they named him? I always thought that sounded like a cereal. Former baseball player Coco Crisp. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of they that. They probably and then, were. And uh, maybe Milton Bradley. That's the other one I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, where they playing like, uh, what? what's a big, Candyland? Wasn't that a Milton probably. Bradley game? You know? Probably. You know, kind of come up with a name. Hey, you know, like, I like uh, Queen Frostine or some <laughs> of the other characters, like Gloppy or, I don't know, there's other ones. I can't remember all the, or uh, Mr. Mint. I'm trying to think of, like, the funny Candyland characters, and I'm blanking yeah, right and now. if you've got the last name, if you got Bradley, then the hard part's over. Yeah. You, you can, know, you can have some fun with it. Yeah, name. yeah. I tell you, there is so much pressure on me, what I'm going to name my kids, because my last name, it, I get this all the time, did you change your last name? No. Hoops is my given birth last name. And with that comes great responsibility to absolutely nail what I'm going to name my kids. I think there is a lot of pressure for you, but are you going to name your kid and do the kind of weird trend where you're going to add a bunch of extra vowels? No. (laughs) And your kid's first name? I am not going to do unnecessary spellings, like putting an unnecessary Y instead of an I. Or an H where it doesn't need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm thinking cash. But with a dollar sign is the S. Oh, man. Man, he would thank me for the rest of his life. Oof. (laughs) Well, do you want to go into the segment I told you about? Uh, Why not? With names? With names. Yeah, well, I I pointed out to you that uh, um, Deadspin every year counts down the best names in the WHL draft. That's Western Hockey League, Mm -hmm. out in British Columbia, Alberta, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this year's nominees are really out there. Speaking of Cash, mm. number 21 on the list is Cash Arnston. Cash only made 21st on that list? Well, there, there's a lot of them out here. We got yeah. Leighton Feist, Hunter Mayo, Caden Dyke, I'm going to go with, D-I-C-K, it's his last name, Kyle Clayton with a C for Kyle. Kyle with a C. C. Okay. C-Y-L-E. Graydon Gotias, uh, Connor Geeky. Uh, I'm assuming this is Kane Zimmer, and Kane is K-O-E-H-N. Iowa used to have a kicker that spelled it like that. Weird. Marshall Kane. Is this one of those unnecessary spellings? Nah, I like that one. Okay. I like that one. Um, let's see. We Not got as a first name, though. Dalen Peakycoot. Mm. Uh, Jet Larson, J-H-E-T-T, which, you know, Jet Jungles is coming to NMU next year mm. from Edina. Okay. Without the H. Uh, we got... Kylan Olafson, uh, K-Y-L-Y-N-N, Jaeger Murdoch, <laughs> Jagger Furcus, <laughs> Ridge Dawson, which I swear is like a character on The Young and the Restless. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Soap Bob character. Yeah. Eloan Lamanier, boy, L-E-L-O-U-A-N-N, Colby Hay, Colby Woog, W-O-O-G-K, 
Ryder Ringor. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a forward. Um, <laughs> Rylan Rorsma. Uh, Sean Paul St. Arnaud. Oh, boy. Yeah. Two separate names, Sean Paul. And the last names of Saint are really cool to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. And then number one on the list was, I don't even know how to <clears throat> Oasis Weisblatt. It's O-A-S-I-Z. And Weisblatt is W-I-E-S-B-L-A-T-T. My gosh. So I don't know if that's kind of like an out there name mm. or whatever, but uh, yeah. So we're talking about names, horse names. Now you got some <laughs> wacky kid names from out in Canada. Tell you what, we owe you time out before the Friday funnies. But first, here's some uh, big big time news here on ESPN UP. For the first time since September twenty third, two thousand and ten, the Minnesota Twins have the best record in Major League Baseball. Who would have thought? I sure didn't. Nineteen and, and 10. apparently, Twins fans haven't either because, the, atten- because the attendance is atrocious. Yeah, attendance is still, it's cold though in Minnesota. Yeah, so. I know. I've, I've tried to throw that at people that uh, it's cold and people don't like to come to the ballpark in Minnesota when it's freezing. But uh, yeah, hopefully they'll keep that trend going and they'll get better. Crowds. I'm gonna live this up while it while it's still a thing. They're playing the Yankees this weekend and they have not been good against the Yankees in the past. So for the next few hours yeah, until yeah. first pitch, I'm gonna live this thing up. So hey. You know, there's your high point of the day. First time since September 23rd, 2010. Well, if that's my peak of the day, that's pretty sad. Well, we have, well the funnies are coming the fun- up. Okay, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll help brighten yeah. the mood. By the way, last time the Twins had the best record in baseball, they were 92-60. and 60. So now 19-10. and 10. Well, you're getting there. Long way to go. Long yeah. season. It's May, early May. You got until late September, maybe early October, so... Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next in the Sports Pen and ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand in our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just search ESPN-UP. If you want to go back and listen to Chewbacca sing Silent Night from earlier today, you have the opportunity to do so. Peter Mayhew at his best. Mm-hmm. Rest <laughs> in peace. God rest his soul. Well, I tell you what, we have got one of my favorite parts of the week, the Friday Funnies, yep. to close out the work week. Now, I mentioned this to you earlier because you played tennis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So a tennis player in a tournament out in France disagreed with a call and decided to have some fun with it. So the first guy challenged a ball that he said was out on the baseline. So it's on a clay court, and... Uh, Balls that hit on the clay court, they show up a lot better, so you mm-hmm. can spot where it's out. So the ump guts out, looks at the ball, insists it's out. So the other guy is outraged by this, takes out his phone, and takes a photo of where the ball <laughs> went out, which, of course, is a code violation. Mm-hmm. So he got burned by that. But I love the effort that he was so incensed that mm-hmm. I'm going to take a photo to prove <laughs> to you that this call is wrong. And this isn't some scrub league. I mean, these are pros yeah. that are doing this. Yeah. I mean, it's a code violation at the high school level in Iowa. Of course it's going to be a code violation out there. I want to see if that's going to happen at a prep level. Yeah. Some, some kid runs to get his guys. I'm phone. shocked it hasn't. It's going to happen at some point. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Shaq. Yeah. Apparently he's got this minor feud going with Chuck Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was upset at Chuck for take, talking too much and taking too much of the time in the three minutes that were allotted to discuss the Denver-Portland series. 
and uh, Chuck and the others basically laughed at him. So the, people are saying, is Shaq's whole purpose on the show is just so everybody can make fun of him at this point? Because it's <laughs> not a guy I want to make fun of. Yeah, it's, it's starting to get to him a little bit because mm-hmm. nobody's kind of respecting his opinion, and he's kind of like. You know, stewing like the Hulk in the corner because he's a big guy. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to get him mad, but you know, I don't think just... you could tell even if he gets mad. Really? No, he's pretty stoic. <laughs> stoic guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'd, he's upset. You know, maybe they'll remedy this and just calm him down. You know, I would him think the... he has more clout than Charles. Yeah, but Charles is the personality, though. R- yeah, but still, he's more famous. You know, like if Chuck. And Shaq are giving me basketball opinions. They're giving me their takes. I'm gonna have more respect for uh, for Shaq's take. I mean, he's got more credibility. I would think. I, I would say so. And at the same time, it's like Chuck's gonna add some humor to it, right? And he's, he's got probably, the TV personality. Yeah, he might say something stupid to throw in there to mm. add a little zazz to the segment. Um, another guy, sports radio callers. We don't get a lot of them here, but uh, on the East Coast, it happens a lot. And of course, the news was that Dwayne Haskins. Asked Joe Theismann, who it's actually Theismann, mm. there's a story behind there. Yep. But, uh, a Notre Dame story. Yeah. And he asked if he could wear Joe Theismann's number seven. And Joe Theismann gave him the okay. And apparently this guy out in Long Island was so upset over this, he called into a station and just was just ripping on it, saying, you know, numbers should stay retired, and a mid-first rounder should not take somebody's number that's been <laughs> retired. And it's like, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, yeah, it's like, you want to keep numbers retired, mm-hmm. but if the guy reaches out to someone and says, hey, can I use your number? He said it's fine. If he says it's fine, then why are you upset? It doesn't bother that? Joe. Why should it bother <laughs> some guy in Long Island? Yeah. Don't worry about your hockey team getting swept tonight. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's what you should be more concerned about, not what the Redskins are doing. And they had a decent draft, yeah, so he should I, be satisfied. had a great first round. So MSG is now going after... James Dolan. Madison Square Garden. Yep. Uh, Their shareholders are suing him for spending too much time, not giving enough effort, getting making way too much money, saying he's only a part-time owner and he spends way too much time with his band, which apparently is JD and the Straight Shot, (laughs) which is a little weird considering he's in charge of the Knicks who can't shoot straight. So They can't shoot to save their lives. Yeah. It's like he wants Ben Simmons to come join him. Maybe if I imagine... And name my band, The Straight Shot, my team. JD and The Straight <laughs> Shot. Like, if James Dolan was in a band, is that exactly the name that you would think that he would pick? Like a Casey and the Sunshine Band kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I, I, apparently, they're recording their seventh album. He's had, he's in his, he's had six albums. And apparently, that's... I, I'm impressed that he was able to do that. More success than he's done with the Knicks. His, his band is name is dumb <laughs> and he's a lazy owner but i give him credit he's been moderately successful yeah. more than he has ever at basketball um and then there's a dodgers fan it's been clips all over the place so he reaches out in a game there's a fall ball he's got a plate of fries mm. and it's a heaping plate mm-hmm. and he's going to get a fall ball he dumps his fries all over the pavement doesn't get the ball it's a sad moment this is in the second inning then the third inning He's now replaced his fries with pizza, and he chases after ball the next inning, and he drops his pizza. So, in the amount of money that it took him to buy that food, oh yeah, 
That's what thirty bucks, at least. <laughs> Depending on what ballpark you're at, yeah. Where was he sitting? That he was getting all these balls coming toward him. I, I'm not sure exactly, but I he was in foul territory. Okay. But I imagine that he's in a good spot where there's a lot of balls. Right, in the head, and apparently so, close to the concessions. And apparently didn't think it through that he's in a fall <laughs> ball alley that you probably didn't have heaping parts of yeah, food. Yeah, if he got the big size, I yeah. mean, then that's that's going to be pretty pricey, yeah. ballpark food. Look at, look at all that money he just wasted while attempting to get a souvenir. Did you see the Twins have a $27 hot dog this year? Yeah. Two-foot-long hot dog in honor of Nelson Cruz called the Boomstick. I like that ballparks are getting more elaborate with their food mm-hmm. and really going maybe a little out there with their flavors. I think it's great, but some of it is like so grossly overpriced, and it's like... In some ways, it's like I could make some of the stuff at my house. Like I could take a hot dog and throw a bunch of stuff on top <laughs> of it. It probably wouldn't taste entirely the same because ballpark food always tastes really good. Um, but I don't know. I, I I really love the idea of new flavors, but it needs to tone down the price. And no, Nelson, a, a thing named after Nelson Cruz does not need to be that expensive. <laughs> I, I like Nelson Cruz. I'm glad the Twins picked him up. But I, I do too. And but I it's want like, it. Try that hot dog because it's got, like, chili on it. I had two chili cheese dogs for lunch today. I'm all about that. So Good stuff So I would love to have something like that, but I'm not paying $27. It's almost a dollar an inch. I went back to a Twins game, you know, a couple of, I think it was either last year or the year before. But we went back there, and it was my first Twins game in a long time. And they've really gone all out, and there's a lot of different foods, mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite is Cuban uh, Cuban sandwiches from Tony mm-hmm. Oliva. They're really great. I don't yep. know if you've ever had a Cuban, but they're fantastic. But uh, they're, but some of the stuff, like they have walleye, like fried walleye strips, and those are really, really great, but they're like way expensive. Like you get like, f- like four strips for like $17. And it's like, I, I could have gone to like port side or something like that and gotten that i mean it's just it's and the fish isn't it's not really that great for some reason minnesota despite all its lakes they can't get decent fish when they're at the ballpark but they get good cuban sandwiches who eats fish at a ballpark anyway like if you go to a ballpark and you order fish i don't trust you I think if you order it, like, and you're on the ocean, you know what I mean? Like, San Diego sells fish tacos that are apparently really good, yeah. and Seattle has some stuff because they're right on the Puget Sound. they got some good stuff. But unless you, if you're away from <laughs> an ocean-side community, you're not going to get quality If the St. Louis Cardinals sell fish, that just it's, makes it's wrong. no sense. St. Louis is terrible food, period. So it's <laughs> like fish would just be adding to it. Um, Manny Machado and Blooper. The Braves mascot yes. has been having a lot of fun this past series. Um, apparently their rivalry goes back to way last season when Santa Blooper gave him a lump of coal last season. Mm. And uh, apparently there's a little you know, back and forth there. And uh, so now Manny Machado started off the, the series with the oldest trick in the book. He went up to Blooper, put his finger on the chest, and then flipped him in the nose. You know, so there's a little minor thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Blooper decides to have this little thing where he shines Manny's shoes um, and has a tip jar. And Manny Machado goes and finds a bag of sunflower seeds and dumps them in the tip jar. <laughs> so that's what Blooper gets. And then, But Blooper got back at him and took his... 
and that's the one that's been all over the place. He had an autograph card with all the players, and he had Manny Machado sign it, and then he revealed the back, and it's actually Manny Machado just signed his contract over the blooper. <laughs> it's a giant check. It's a giant check and took off with it. It's a funny gag, and it was laughed off. But then the last game, Manny Machado stole the check away from blooper, so I guess he's got his money back. I like good mascot antics. Mm-hmm. I, see, I feel like sometimes they try too hard, yep. and uh, but uh, stuff like that's kind of Fun, so. I still want to see Byron Buxton race the freeze. Ooh, how the fun f- would that be? Frozone? Yeah. From the Incredibles? No, 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 no. The freeze, like the mascot at Braves games. Oh, okay. The guy who comes out in like the all blue suit and just blows people away. Okay. Twins play the Braves this year. Okay. So I want to see it happen. I hope it happens. Don't they like, isn't like they give the guy like a like five second head start or something like that? I don't want to see that. Yeah. I just want to see him okay. and Buxton. Okay. Head to head. Head to head. How many races the president races if they go the the president guys in the costumes? Oh yeah 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 in Washington. In yeah DC. in Washington they, they play Washington this year too. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like, I'd to like to see that, see that happen. They have the sausage races up here. They play the Brewers this year too. Well, there you go. <laughs> he could race a bunch of guys. Yeah, all this. Yeah. Um, and finally, Nikola Jokic. Jokic, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, decided to <laughs> jokes about his body. These are kind of funny. Um, he said, "I lead the league in scratches." I'm always bleeding. Mm. So he's thinking about wearing sleeves next year when he plays in the NBA because he gets scratched too much. Mm. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what he insists. Mm. Um, when he came to Denver, he, he, he plays a, he's listed lower than his actual playing weight. He likes to be heavier, mm-hmm. apparently. And he said when he came to Denver, I didn't have any muscles. But now that I weigh 292, which is really high, yeah. it's like getting shack levels, now he has a couple muscles. Since he did couple. that, a couple, you know. I would hope if you're 292, you have some <laughs> muscles. But uh, and then he said, "What's gotten him in a little better shape?" Apparently, when he was in Serbia growing up, he used to drink three liters of Coke a day. Oh my gosh! How do, how does he still have kidneys? <laughs> I mean, I perhaps drink too much pop. I love pop. It's like my mm. go-to thing, caffeine-wise. And I'm trying to cut back on it. But I've never drank three liters in a day. Oh my gosh! And you do that every day. <laughs> How could you possibly do that? How can a human live? <laughs> I've seen people who drink a 20-ounce every day of Coke because oh, they got this kind of habit. But uh, three liters is insane. But he had a funny joke with it. And he said, you're probably thinking of a different type of Coke here. He said, don't let Coke be stronger than you. Mm. I'm thinking of a completely different type of yeah, Coke. Yeah, probably. <laughs> when he thinks that. But... It's a fun little joke there, so don't think the product is bigger than you. Don't let Coke be stronger than you. That's the message. Especially if it's orange vanilla Coke. I love orange vanilla Coke. Do you? I haven't tried it. I I love it. It's great. I love orange vanilla Coke. I love vanilla Coke in general. Mm. I love Baja Blast Mountain Dew that you can get at Taco Bell. Um, I love flavor. I love flavors in soft drinks. That's that's my thing. I stick with cherry. That's as adventurous as I get. Cherry Coke is pretty good. I like cherry Pepsi. I don't... I don't know. I, uh, stuff is too plain. I hate Diet Coke with a passion. Mm. There's something seriously wrong with Diet Coke mm. because Diet Coke doesn't taste anything like Coke. Diet Pepsi at least tastes reasonably like Pepsi, and Diet Mountain Dew tastes reasonably like Mountain Dew. Diet Coke tastes nothing like Coke, and I swear there's some secret poison or something in there because there's something wrong. There's people obsessed with Diet Coke. I don't get it because it doesn't taste. It tastes weird. I'm surprised you didn't include Delan- Delangelo Russell in your funnies. But oh. that's a guy that if you think about 
what you know, sneaking uh, food into the ballpark or the movie theater. He's probably the last person that I'm going to trust to be able to get away with that. He had marijuana. He was arrested yesterday at a New York airport for marijuana possession. He tried to hide it in contraband. Like, he put it in his Arizona iced tea can, although liquids aren't going to be able to <laughs> You can't get that through either. No. It, uh, a bad strategy on his part. Mm. But, uh, you know, you got to be able to hide it better. Yeah. He said, don't let Colt be stronger than you. Don't let the weed be stronger than you. <laughs> um, you got to be able to hide it better. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, D'Lo. That is it for us in the Sports Pen. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Anything you want to plug before we sign off? Uh, just my Sunday columns about the kind of nostalgic. I'm comparing uh, the Kentucky Derby to, uh, you know, the Indy 500. I've been there twice, mm. kind of like the Great American Races. And then... Uh, like last week, I did a feature on Amber Hubner um, and Sheila Hubner. I've got a good response from that. So if you didn't pick up a copy from Sunday's paper, you know, I think they're still available. You can probably find one. But uh, and then uh, I got some more feature stories that are coming out. I'm off this weekend, mm. so you know, don't expect anything really elaborate from me this weekend. So. That's it for us in the sports pen. Once again, we'll have Celtics Bucks game three coverage tonight at seven thirty. Tip off set for eight here on ESPN UP. Thanks for tuning in the sports pen. Have a great weekend.